Mr. Woodson and Mrs. Woodson visiting us this morning. Amen. Certainly just, just grateful to be able to share for our kids to share with us this rich history. Amen. For the people we are and the things that God has done on our behalf. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the Gospel of St. John, the ninth chapter. We're going to read verses 1 through 3, John 9, 1 through 3, and then we're going to continue reading John 9 from 18 to 25. We'll start with John 9, verses 1 through 3, and then 9, 18 through 25. Amen. If you're there at John, the ninth chapter, beginning with verse one, these are the words that you will see. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Verse 18. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been born, that he had been blind, and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked him, saying, is this your son, who ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or not, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Amen. Look at your neighbor, encourage your neighbor, and just tell him this. What you see, God did it. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we honor you and we thank you for your word. We praise you, O oh God, because you can do all things. I yield, Father God, to your word. I surrender. Speak through me. Glorify your name. In Jesus' name, I am your vessel. Declare your truths now. In Jesus' name, amen. What you're looking at, God did it. I didn't practice it. Amen. 
I didn't try to cover anything up or to appear, appear like or as if I could. What you see, God did it. There's some people who will rehearse, practice, and imitate for a lifetime just to appear as though they can do something. But then there are those whom God has just gifted. Amen. They didn't go to school for it. No one in the building ever taught them how to do it. They are just gifted. In other words, God has given them a talent or an ability for which man could not and didn't have time to teach them. And it only works because God gifted it to them for his purposes. Amen. It is the work of God. God did it. Amen. There's always somebody, though, when God does something in your life, there's always somebody or something that's fighting and resisting the things of God. You ran into any church people like that. Amen. This is who we're dealing with in the text. It's not people that are not uh, familiar with, with the word of God or the teachings uh, of the scriptures. These are people they're fighting with who are supposed to be leaders in the church. It's always somebody fighting and resisting a work of God. What he does and what he says and how he wants us to live. A lot of people have a problem with the way that you live and talk and what you believe. Everywhere you struggle, there is a word of truth. I told you that a few weeks ago. It's a word that will liberate you, and it's a word that opposes the lies and the deceptions that the enemy is working through in your life. The whole Bible is set up on, according to covenants. There is an old covenant by which we must have had to live at that time with God. Now we're living according to a new covenant that's been made in the blood of Jesus. You don't have to sacrifice any more animals. Jesus, the final sacrifice, the Lamb of God, that is the covenant that we have made now with God to be right with God. Amen. So in other words, if you're going to operate in this realm in kingdom power and being made right with God, you're going to have to enter into God's covenant. Not your deal, not what you strike, but what God has laid out. We've got to agree with his covenant. Amen. So if we're going to get this, we've got to do it the way God said to do it. But see, here's the problem, is that we read his word, which reveals his covenant, and we want new plans, new ways, or things that's going to be easier for us to believe. Because believe it or not, it's hard for some people that even go to church to believe that God is doing some things. Amen. And see, the way the enemy deceives you and locks you down in certain situations and circumstances is he works through deceptive devices. He can only deceive those who will listen to him. His words will entangle and entrap you in your mind. And that deceptive work of the devil will, will, will determine how you live and how you see things. When you look at certain things, you will see them through the eyes of a lie. Because that's the way the enemy is working in your life. Deception. Lie. 
even so much that you think that the deception is true. Have you ever met folk that can lie so good that you can't tell whether they're lying or not? It, it just sounds like the truth. And you have no way of checking it. That's why I thank God for his word. And not only that, I thank God for his spirit in me. Because if you lie for a minute, I may not catch it. But, but the spirit is not going to let me stay there because I'm not willing to dwell in a lie. But people who are concerned on containing and maintaining a lying status will be given over to even stronger lies. Just given over. Don't, Lord, don't give me over. Help me not to be comfortable in my mess. Not to be comfortable around mess. Not to be comfortable around people who don't believe that God can do something on my behalf that will leave me in a way that you can never even recognize what I used to be. Get in your Bible and read chapter 9 of John's Gospel. I promise you, you'll find that something is going on that's going to blow your mind that is so close to what's going on today. Everybody is not happy because you've been blessed. Everybody is not happy that your eyes come open to who they are. Everybody don't get excited whenever you get delivered. Everybody is not excited about you. Even the folk that you go to church with, some folk have been in church for a long time and never worshiped God. People learn to love to go to the church building they go to rather than to love the God of it don't know who he is. Anybody ought to just shout out of your mouth this morning and believe and say God did it. God did it. The truth I know, the place I stand, where you can't break me, where I won't bend, God did it. Because, you know, it didn't take long for some of us to run our hands in our pockets when you started yelling at us and you didn't know what we were going to bring out. But the reason now I can stand and listen to all of that craziness and still love you is because God did it. Amen. It's crazy. You see, y'all, you, you think that doesn't tie into our text, but, but God really changed some folks. Is there anybody who can bear witness that God has changed me? God, God has really changed my life, and I see it. Not just when I'm looking in the mirror, but when I'm living by myself, God changed it. I mean, I'm not even going to cuss in the car by myself if you're cut off in front of me. Huh? I mean, there's some things that, that, that when, 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 whenever God does something, he fixes it down on the inside so that you don't have to imitate or look like or try to rehearse because, listen, you're going to fall out of that role if you're just playing a role. That's why I tell our young people, our young men and women, hang around them jokers long enough until they fall out of that role. When you catch them off script. Amen. Then you really find out what's going on. But, but listen to this. In order, when you find a person, whenever you're 
when you're working in, in the calling of God, because a lot of us, you know, day or night, we're not going to work for God. But the scripture, when you read 9, he says, work while it's day. For when night comes, no man can work. What should we be doing? We should be moving according to God's purpose and plan for us to win souls and bring people into the light. To open people's eyes and not blind them. Not to throw wool over people and keep them in darkness. We're supposed to bring them into the light. Right? But no, no. We, first, we've got to face the battle even to just cut through their demonic mindsets. And I know you don't know anybody or any people that's around you, on your pew or in your family, been to your house, riding in your car, or go to school with you, work with you, or whatever. You've never been around people with demonic mindsets. I know you haven't. The first thing you got to do, first of all, when you get around folk that you know something is really strange and weird and out of the ordinary, is you've got to cut through that demonic mindset in order to even have a conversation with them. And the only way you're going to cut through that, that demonic mindset is with the truth of God's word. To even reach them and help them, you've got to cut through that demonic mindset. Because you can't even talk to them. You ever, you ever encountered people, you can't even talk to them? Don't look at me strange. I've seen church folk that they get so mad that you can't even talk to them. Right after they're through shouting, you can't even talk to them. Because you've got to cut through that cloud of anger, that confusion, the smoke, the demonic mindset. You've got to cut through all of that in order to find them somewhere in a corner in themselves so you can help them. Don't, don't get it twisted. There, there is a curtain, a wall, a defense system, an offensive line that is invisible to your natural eye that's covering a person in demonic deception. Trying to keep them buried in a corner. Can you hear what I'm saying? See, how, how many times, even just this week, have you heard or, or, or said, even out of your own mouth, what in the world is going on? I mean, we're seeing balloons floating around, you know, over places. I mean, you, you just don't, we, when we saw blimps, we were amazed. We would just look, thought it was the cutest thing in the world. But now you're seeing balls flying around in the air and you're wondering what in the world is this? I mean, all kinds of stuff that's just going on and we don't even understand why and who can you trust? Because a lot of times they're not going to tell you the truth. I mean, it wasn't a UFO. You didn't see anybody, E.T. peeping out, looking, no. Things that we can explain with our natural mind that are going on, even in the natural, just things you can't explain. How can you do penetrate certain areas? If me and Robin crafted something and sent it up and it just got anywhere near Fort Bragg, there, there's, there's airspace that we cannot be in. I mean, I can't fly my little airplane over Fort Bragg. They're going to shoot it down. No questions asked. Okay. You believe everything the government? Let me, let me hush. 
Let's move on with what we got to get this blind man's eyes open. See what's going on around you, people. Know what's going on around you at all times. And listen, when you do that, train your children not to be gullible and run after every little thing. Train them. Teach them and show them. We've said it over and over. What in the world is going on? It's bad out here. People have lost their minds. And through all of the calamity, through all of the swelling and intensification of evil in the earth, in this generation and every generation, I want you to know that the church has always won. No matter how they were attacked, no matter what happened, they crucified them, they burned them, they shot them, they lined them up, they done, they enslaved them, they done everything they could do, but the church always survived and won. It always ended in victory for the church. Collectively, the universal church. And listen to this, there are testimonies right in this room that though you've gone through a lot of things that people don't really even know. Some of it you didn't even see coming, but you made it through it. You survived it. And, and, and listen, the, 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 it, it, it ends in victory. It always ends in kingdom expansion. Now I see God moving in greater ways. It opens our eyes to something else that he is. Do y'all understand? He's moving and you will overcome everything that the devil is throwing at you in this very hour. Did you hear what I said? God is moving that we've been talking about for the last several weeks and you will overcome everything the enemy is throwing at you even in this season and in this hour. If doctors can't figure it out, look at somebody and say, God's going to do it. If you're unsatisfied and you can't figure out why your children acting like they're acting, don't worry. Keep praying. God's going to do it. Because their, their eyes are going to come open to all of this foolishness that they thought was going on up here behind this desk. And they're going to understand why people preach too long, get too excited, and love them even when they don't like them. Come on, somebody. When something is planted, I told you this before, and in order to, to run through this and, 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 and speak into you what I'm assigned to speak into you today, I'm going to say this again because there's some things when you say them once, we don't always get it. We got to go back and say it again. When something is planted, it's not dropped mistakenly. Do you believe that? When something is planted, it's not thrown down as waste or buried. You believe that? It's what? It's planted. It's been purposely positioned to grow. It's been purposely positioned to change, to grow, and to come forth. There's expectation in things that you plant. Amen. Every word God has spoken over your life was intentional. It was purposely positioned in you to bring forth something. It was purposely positioned in you to connect you to a life source so you could grow from it and bring forth purpose. Rooted and grounded in God to bring forth its purpose. Every word that God has ever spoken to you was intentional. God is moving in your life according to the word that he's spoken to you. Is that true? The word, he's, the word he's purposely positioned in you is the word that's being watered, is the word that he's working to bring forth and to give increase to in your life. The word has purposely, he's purposely positioned that word in your life. The scriptures you've been reading, 
He's been trying to position that word in you to bring forth its purpose in your life. It will not return to God void if you would just receive it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come forth. Is that what we really want when we come to church? Or do we want just a shouting good time? And to hear what we thought was God or church, what it sounds like. Or we, can we just get a word and receive that word so that God can purposely bring forth why he planted and positioned that word in us? That's why we can walk around with our heads high. Because there's a word that we're carrying, that's something we're expecting. Even in, even in our darkest hour, we're walking in the light of a word that was purposely positioned in us. And that's why your enemies are confused that you're not sad, crying, and depressed. It's because there's a word purposely positioned in you that gives you joy. Because I was expecting you to get mad and show me your real colors. I was expecting for you to walk around me and act like this. Why? Because of the word that I'm carrying will not let me bow down to a level of demonic influence. I'm not going to do that. God, God has given me a word. And even when you can't see it, it's working. Even when you don't believe it, he's moving. Something is growing and something is coming to pass in my life that God set in motion when he spoke to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Touch yourself and just declare it. Something was set in motion. Because God has spoke to me. Amen. See, he, God does, God's not like us. He's not going to just tell you things and not stick to it. It's a covenant. Once he speaks, he's doing what he told you he's going to do. Now, you're going to think that it's not happening the way God said it, but I promise you, something that God said to you is happening. It's coming forth. If God told you I'm going to heal your body and you find yourself leaving this building, going to the emergency room, that things got worse, listen, you better hold on to what God said. Because that's what he's doing. If he said grandma going to live through this, if they have to shock grandma five times, grandma going to live. And don't you be the one that if God says she's going to live, start putting your head down because she done died two or three times. Talking about grandma ain't going to make it. The devil is a lie. God's word will not return to him void. He's never lied. And if he ever say it to you and you know the voice of God, it's going to be just what God said it's going to be. And that's in the city, in the country, in the field. It don't matter how far people think you are from where they are. God is going to do it way out here in the country. Wherever you hear God, that's where God is going to move according to what he said. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? He's moving according to his word. And he's going to do it. God is doing something even now. When you have a problem and you've sought God and heard from God, then believer, what do you do after you've heard from God? What do you do? Anybody ever had a problem? Did you seek God when you had that problem? And when you heard from God, what did you do? with that problem, with that issue. What do you do after you've prayed and heard from God? Do you continue on in sadness and unbelief when you hear from God? There's so many people that they, 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 they just sing their happiest song and they cry and shout while they're singing. As soon as the keyboard stops, drum stops, and the people stop singing, they don't hear any more harmonizing, they go right back into their state of depression. 
And depending on what song you sing or play next, that's where they're going. Y'all ain't been around no drunk people before, have you? Whatever song you play, that's where they're going. They know how to shout, play shout. They know how to cry like their heart's been broken. They ain't even ever had a girlfriend or a boyfriend. They know all of this stuff because they're letting something else just take them. They, 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 they have no control. They can't even walk straight. See, what I want you to understand is that you don't have to live like that. Do you know there's so many people that even come to church that won't be real with God? They're ashamed to get on their knees and confess to God the thing, the thoughts, the stuff they've been into. That's why they don't pray. Because they're scared that God is going to treat them like some of these folk that, 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 that go to church treat them. God is not going to treat you like that mean demon deacon. He's not. God is not going to treat you like those bishops that want to just lord over your life and you got to live in a certain way and a standard to please them before they'll let you become what it is you're trying to obtain in the building. Folk that you know and everybody around you know not even say bishop done got them up there doing something. You don't know them by their fruit. Right. You ain't got to judge them. Okay, they're going to pass the judging somebody. We're going to have a whole Bible study on why you need to judge and understand what the Bible is talking about whenever it says that. Because you shouldn't just stop there. You got to study the Bible. Right. You understand? Otherwise, you're just going to be led. The blind can't lead the blind. Right. Don't judge me. I'm blind. Follow me and shut up. You better what? wait. You're going in there, right in the ditch. All of you. You hear those people hollering in front of you? They falling off of a cliff. I ain't judging them. They just hollering. Keep on walking. See, this is, this is what we do. So do you continue on in sadness? After you've prayed and heard from God, do you continue on in unbelief when you hear from God? Do you continue on to dwell on the problem when God has given you the answer? Are you ever settled? with the word that God gives you? Or are you only settled when you see outward manifestations? How long have you been coming to the house of God? How long have you been reading scripture? How long have you been repeating Mark 11, reading Psalm 23, I mean Psalm 91, all of this stuff. How long have you been saying all of those things and you still are not settled in your spirit yet? If you hear God say, fear not, and begin to tell you why not to fear, do you still fear? If he says rejoice and be glad, do you rejoice and be glad even if we don't have the keyboard or drums backing us up? It's, he's not saying just rejoice and be glad when you hear music. Do you know how to rejoice and be glad? Don't listen. Don't let miserable people cause you to always walk around without the joy that you have that they didn't give you yet they're trying to take it you're not going to rob me of my joy you can be dry mouth, fold your hand, roll your eyes always criticizing everybody everything, stuff that you don't see a negative person will find it on you anyway 
even if you ain't never lied or done anything wrong, a person that's full of it themselves, they're going to look at you and say, ain't nothing but a liar. They said that they, this man is a sinner. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. Listen, this is what I want you to understand about this thing about judging. Now, these jokers, they knew the law to the letter, and they embellished it. Yet, out of all of that, they said, look, you they had a law, really, that you could not even spit on the ground on the Sabbath. If that spit rolled in a certain way, and I know that's crazy. We talking like we talk about spit. That's spit. If 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 it just rolled on a way to where it caused a little burrow in the ground, that's a sin. According to them. Spit. You can't even spit. It sounds like when we were growing up, some of us, how many of your parents ever taught you, look, don't whistle on Sunday? Y'all laughing because you know it's true. Don't sow on Sunday. Man, when Sunday came, you couldn't do nothing. What about if a cat run across the road in front of you? Depends on which way he's going. And depends on what color the cat is. Listen, God forbid you mess around and drop a mirror. Kennedy, you looking at me all funny. You drop that mirror if you want to. See, we got all of this stuff, and we carried it with us. But guess what we didn't carry a lot of when they gave us word? Because we naturally, in, in our human state, we, we carry mess. And we look for the same mess in everybody else, just like y'all knew about everything I was saying. Y'all knew it? Cat run across the road. I saw Brother Cooper. He already done did. He did it. Broke the mirror. I know y'all knew all of that stuff. That's the stuff that we carry. Right? And I'm not even going to say anything about the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. You had me to fight. I know I saw tracks in the front yard. <laughs> What happens when you hear the truth, though? Do you still go on in that same way? Do you still have the same issues when you hear the truth? I'll whistle all day on Sunday. Cat run across. I would give God glory. If he ain't fast, he going to get one of his lives taken. And clap my hands right on with Hezekiah Walker in the car. Drop a mirror, go buy me another one. Don't come and bind me up with no superstition mess. I need a word of truth. It's not written that if you break a mirror. What is it, seven years? What's bad luck to a believer? See? Y'all know I'm telling the truth. What happens when God responds to your cry? What do you do? What do you, what do you do in your heart when you hear a word from God? Is it settled? Is the problem finished? Or is it something else you're looking for? What other thought? What do you have to appeal to after God speaks? When God says you're free, 
then you're free. When God says you're healed, I don't care if you're lipping, I don't care if your head is hurting, you're healed. I don't care when God says you can see, if you walk into a wall, you saw it. Because everything God says is true. Even if it had not come to pass yet in the natural, it's been planted in me. We ain't eating no corn yet, but that field might be full of it. Because it's been planted. Can you hear? Look at somebody and say, God does that. That's what God does. That's his order. Listen, as I try to hurry. Because we think everything has to happen in the way we think it ought to happen because we're trying to figure out and find a way around faith. That's what we're doing. Rather than to believe God, we're trying to figure out a system or a process or a way of doing things so we don't have to have faith. Listen, God, he just told 10 lepers. See, he, he healed some of them one by one and he, healed, he could heal, he could have healed everybody sitting at the pool of Bethesda if he wanted to. He could have gave, they said a month too. He could have gave, given us the very number of every single last one of them sitting there and healed every one of them from every disease they were waiting to get in that water first with. He took 10 lepers at one time and healed them and never touched them. He gave them a word from a distance. Didn't even go near him. He healed that man and sat by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years just by telling him to get up. Not getting him in the water, not helping him in the way he was already trying to go, but he reversed the whole thing. What do you do when you hear a word from God and you know you can't walk? He didn't touch the woman with the issue of blood. He didn't touch the centurion servant. He didn't even physically go to his house, but he moved. God did it. In every situation, he moved with the word. Do you hear me? How do you see the issue after God has spoken? You still search it? You still worried to death? You still in distress? You still need medicine? You still need it and God says he's healed you? You still crying at night and can't sleep? When he said, if you keep your mind stayed on me, what will I do? Keep you in what? Not just peace, but what? How many folk have really in your lifetime ever just had perfect peace? Perfect peace. I don't care if the wind is blowing or raining and thundering and lightning outside. Crickets crying so loud I can't hear rats running in the kitchen. I got perfect peace. All I got to do is get some rat traps. All I got to do is put my little headphones on. I'm done. Why? Because I'm in perfect peace. I'm not going to be walking around, peeping out the window, wringing my hands and all confused when I got a word from God. See, that's what we got to learn, people of God. We got to learn how to receive a word from God. Let that be the touch. Let that be whatever else you need. Let that be your good report from the doctor that by, him, by his stripes, you're already healed. Before you get the results of the physical, be healed when you go in there. Because you got a word. Do you understand? If we're in the same state of mind after God has spoken, then the only thing that means is that we haven't believed what he said. People have tried to talk to me and I've tried to talk to people in certain states. And when they finished talking to me, sometimes I was madder than what I was before they started. I was a bigger fool than what I was before I got their counseling and vice versa. Think about it. 
if we don't receive and believe what's being said. See, that's why I'm telling you, psychiatrists, they have a serious job. That even without hypnotizing you, they have to go in there and detangle all the stuff that's in your mind with words. Their first prescription to you is words. We got to find out where you are with words before we can prescribe something to, to challenge the inability of your mind to bring you back to a state with medicine. We got to take, we got to get words in there. So you will even be sane enough to take the medicine. Well, it will train your brain to think right. Words train your thought life. Do you see? Words is the steering wheel to where you're going. If you, don't, if you neglect the word, you miss it at all. God speaks to you. You hear from God and you still came with the same mess. Crying and praying and speaking and declaring concerning the same thing that you've been crying and speaking and declaring since 1906. And you done heard from God that many times. What is it that you want? The woman at the well, she had plenty of men. And the one she was with wasn't right. What was she looking for? Until she met Jesus, she wasn't satisfied. Somebody just said, God did it. So you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. You got to know. You understand what I'm saying? Nope, that ain't. Nope, that's not it. That, nope, that's not. That's not it. It was good while it lasted, but that's not it. So you got to know what you're looking for. And the way you know what you're looking for is first you got to hear what you're looking for before you can see what you're looking for. Because you can be looking right at something that looks like what you want, but it is not what he said. That's right. Do y'all understand what I'm trying to tell you? I'm moving on. <clears throat> Don't keep fasting and praying when God has spoken to you concerning that. Because that is not now an act of faith. It's an act of unbelief. When God has spoken to you and you fasted and prayed and he spoke, he give you the, he's given you the answer, he's given you the instructions, he's told you what to do. Don't keep fasting and praying about that. Here's one of our biggest ones, and I use it all the time. You done prayed over whatever situation it is with that particular person. You've prayed, you fasted and prayed, but what you forgot is that God told you already, said, just forgive him. And you heard it and shut your eyes back up real quick, Lord. I got to hear from you. You know why? Because it's not God anymore. It's you now. It's you. Now what your fasting and praying has to do is to get you built up to where you can receive that word and say, okay, God, I will obey. No matter how blind this man was, once he heard Jesus, and he said, Ooh, what, what you get ready to do? Who, who's sick around here? You know, and, and then feel that come on him. Because see, we still, he still had his faculties of smelling, hearing. He just couldn't see. And so when Jesus did this, put it on his eyes, and then told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam as though, and the scripture does not write in. It's funny how God will leave us with certain things that's just not there. It didn't write in and say, and then they led him to the pool of Siloam. 
He told him to go as though he could already see. With the mud on his eyes. Even if you can't see, if you put mud on my eyes, now nah, I can't see. I mean, think about it. But he found his way to where he told him to go, and then he did what he told him to do when he got there, and guess what? The scripture said, and he came home seeing. How in the world? That's the next thing that we get church folk, out of church folk. <laughs> How in the world? Listen to this. When you've heard from God, and he will answer. Tell the person beside you, wake him up and say, he will answer you. Tell him, he, he will answer Amen. Dude, just confirm it. He will answer. You praying, you fasting, you seeking God, he will answer. You are not without hope. You are not alone. You're not just talking to empty space. He will answer. I'm a witness that he will answer. He hears and he answers prayer. He'll answer. At some point, you have to leave the bush when he starts, when he stops talking to you. At some point, you're going to have to step off the boat whenever he stops talking. At some point, you're going to have to move the stone, tear a hole in the roof. God is now ready to move. See, we love to pray, but when God gets ready to move, we won't move the stone. We won't tear a hole in the roof. We only see the problem. We see what's blocking us, but we don't see a way being made out of no way. You got it. When he speaks after you done talk, did all that boldness, when Peter's knocking on the door, or when he says, come, you got to step out. It's time to move now. After I've heard you, God, and I prayed like I had faith. And when I get that word, now I got to move according to the word of God. See, if you're not in a religious system, you're going to move as God said. If you're not stuck in superstitions, you're going to move when God says to move. Even if, see, there are behavioral patterns that we have in church. If we change the time we even had church, some folk will be mad and won't come. Now, aunt, church is at 11. I remember ever since I was 12, we had church at 11. We can't have church at 9.30 or 10. No, you're supposed to have church at 11. The spirit ain't even woke yet. You got church at 9. The Holy Ghost ain't even going to be there. He comes at 11, Pastor, didn't you know? See, it's those patterns, not acts of faith. Those patterns. There's a difference between hearing, believing, and obeying as opposed to just seeing and imitating. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? We read the word only to see patterns and systems to imitate while we never see a behavior, a savior. We never see a savior, never hear a savior and, and receive the love and faith to obey what he said. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? As stated in verse 32, this is the only miracle where the person Jesus healed was born blind or born with the condition. Can y'all hear what I'm saying? This is the only place, and the scripture says that, where the person that was healed was born with the condition. God had a larger purpose in it for his life. He says, they, 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 see, we're always asking, how, why, how, why, how, why? Why did you let this happen to me, God? 
there's some things, and we have to be honest in this room. There's some things that we've gone through and going through in life where we've asked, Lord, why me? Why did it have to happen to me, God? Anybody ever been there? God had a larger purpose for you in it. He said, it wasn't because he sinned before he was born, or however he can do that. I know we're born in sin and shaping in iniquity, okay? But they're asking like this man did a sinful act, a rebellious act before he was even born, before he came forth into the earth. He did something. Do you know that in order to get in the earth legally and be human, you have to be born into the earth? How is you going to get here? But the angelic, they don't have to be born into it because they're not coming in human form all the time. If you come here in human form, the order has been established in Genesis. You got to be born of a woman. God will not even violate that law. So get me out of the test tubes now. Take me out of those little machines and refrigerators. I got to come through the woman. But see, some people will stand and look at that and be amazed. Oh, man. So now we don't even need a woman. I could be binary. We need Bible study to start back. I'm not impressed. Genesis already told me the way that you're going to get here legally. And you wondering why people flipping out? They may not be people. All this artificial intelligence. Okay. You better watch what's kissing you. <laughs> Hurrying on. And I'm just going to get to one place where I can stop. <clears throat> See, when, when you read this narrative, you see a progression of this man's faith. This is for people who read it and not just come and let somebody entertain you with it. Read it. Read chapter 9 of John. And when you read it, if I preach this same message over to you, you will grab a hold of a whole lot of things that's been spoken in this text. See, when you read this narrative in, in John, the ninth chapter, you will see a progression of this man's faith. It's like God is giving increase to what has been planted in him. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't necessarily just born into a pitiful state. He was planted. And what we say planted was, he was purposely positioned to grow. Everything that's been purposely positioned to grow gives God glory everything everything if God has use of it it's going to glorify him do y'all understand what I'm saying he moves from someone who hardly even knew Jesus to a worshiper is that not our journey 
He moved from somebody that hardly didn't even know him. The man called Jesus. Huh? That's what he, he, he moved from that to bowing down and worshiping him as God. That's where we got to go. It's more than you just coming to church or deciding in 2023 your New Year's resolution is going to be, I'm going to go to church more than I ever have before. How about letting it be, I want to know Jesus. And when I know him, I'm going to bow down and worship him for who he is. I'm going to have a relationship with him, a connection with him, rooted and grounded in him. I'm not just going to come to the building. I realize I'm coming to him. It's a relationship I've desired. First, he refers to him as one called Jesus. Later, he tells him that, that, that he's a prophet. Remember? Then he says that he's, he's, he's one who does God's will. And finally, he worshiped him. <laughs> See, but our problem in the church today, we're more concerned about how rather than who. We're worried about how. How you... How you wearing them clothes you wearing? How you driving the car you drive? How you living where you living? I like you living. How, how you doing all of that? And we both working the same job. It ain't how. It's who. Can you help me with that one? Before they go to sleep, tell them it ain't how I'm doing it. It's who. Come on, somebody. But see, we're, we're more concerned about how than who. <laughs> That's what we just like them. We, we want to ask how, 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 rather than who. We can't limit the power of God only by what we can explain. Believe it only when we can see how. And not, not in only who can, but just believe it whenever we can see how. How can a, how can a man get in dirty water and come up clean? How can you take two fish and five loaves and have some stuff left over after you spread it amongst 5,000 people? You remember when, Je when they were asking him certain things and Jesus told him, he said, before Moses was, I am. So if, so now think about what he was saying there. He says, in other words, I am. I have no beginning, no ending. I'm always, I am. But Moses was. And even before Moses was, I am. In 2023, I am. When you were a little girl, a little boy, God is saying, I am. Because I am. And I always will be. How can I explain that when I am so gravitated to living in the natural, being subject to time, being born, getting old, and dying and be a was? But I'm worshiping an eternal God who made me in his likeness and in his image. And I know now that whenever I die, there's a part of me. Who I really am will live forever. And I will leave what's limiting me. It's not that I don't need it because if I'm going to be here, I need it. Just like if I was a fish, I would need gills or whatever it is they got to have in their water to live. I can't breathe in water and I got to breathe. But if he would have created me to live in water, then everything I need would be on me to live in it. Anybody ever seen Wakanda? Uh, forever, the, the last one? Y'all know what's up. Huh? 
whatever that thing was that they had to fight that had wings on its feet. Have everybody seen it? Well, I'm not going to say it because, y'all. but anyway, let me tell you, God makes things that we gain strength from where God calls us to habitate. If you take us out of our natural, come on, habitat, then we lose power. I was born to be a worshiper. And if I never make it to that place, I will die because that's what I live for. I hunger and thirst after him. Now that I'm changed, I don't need liquor to make me happy no more. I don't have to roll nothing to get happy anymore and to smile. I don't have to drink something on the way home to be happy when I get home to see my wife. I don't have to take no pills, blue, pink, white, yellow, none of them to be happy. God has changed everything. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. We need Bible study so we can open up certain things that I don't have time to talk about. One time a week now is not enough for me anymore. I got to find a way to get us back into the mindset of even spending time online or coming back to the building for Bible study. We're not, we're not even 10% as busy as we used to be. It's, we got to get moving, people. We got to get moving. Amen? Y'all didn't say that loud enough. You cannot limit a limitless God except by what? Your unbelief. There's some things that just look foolish that you're doing because of some people's unbelief. And it only looks foolish, okay, if God said it, okay? It looks foolish if God said it. It's not foolish. It just looks foolish if God said it. But if God didn't say it, it's foolishness. <laughs> How can a rod bud and ain't even planted in the earth? Somebody just shout, God did it. How can a man who's been dead four days just get called out of the grave? How can you strike a rock in a wilderness and water flow out of it? How can you live and you had not planted not one seed but the earth, everything? Look, ain't bringing forth nothing but food is just falling all around you. How you gonna explain that? How can you explain a young boy running out on the battlefield of a giant with a slingshot and a rock and knock him out where armies could not? How can you do it? How can a woman who's way too old have a beautiful bouncing baby boy? Huh? How can a woman who never knew a man have a baby? Huh? How can you and me, born in sin and shaping in iniquity on our way to a burning hell, blind and didn't care, wanted to go, change, transformation, renewing and refreshing, filled with the spirit of God. I mean blind, but now see, lost and found. How in the world? Could we come through what we've gone through? Anybody in here ever been through anything? Was anybody in here born with a silver, gold, or any kind of spoon in their mouth at all? But you ate good, didn't you? You were poor, but you didn't know it, wasn't you? If we could stand and God let us look back at our lives, then we'd be like, boy, you were ugly and you were poor. And what in the world? 
And why did you have your hair like that? I mean, if we just look back at certain fashions, we're like, why in the world do they dress like that? These kids think they got something on us. The same stuff we wore is flipping right back. You'd be like, I wouldn't be caught wearing that, mama. Look, I, baby, I done wore them. I done wore hip huggers, low riders, bell bottoms. I done wore all of that. No at all. Culottes, every bit of it. Onesies. <laughs> no wore at all. Halter tops. Some of y'all still got some halter tops. Don't y'all get it twisted. Sister Annie got one. Let me just tell you something. Why am I saying all of that? <laughs> couple of things, I'm going to say this so we can do communion. And all I'm saying this for is, is so that you can see this with open eyes. Anytime God moves in your life in a situation through a circumstance or a situation, there will always be a separation. That is, that is one way you can govern on how God is moving in your life. There will always be a separation. We tear. Sheep, goat, wise, foolish, light, darkness, day, night. Come on, somebody. Good, evil. There will always be a separation. Peter will step out the boat and there's a separation. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? Whenever he starts doing things in your life and you find yourself being alone, don't be afraid and don't be fearful thinking something is wrong with you. God has separated you. So that he can do something to in you and through you. He's, he's bringing it all into perspective. So if you were born into a mess, if you've been in a mess, and I know sometimes the seasons of mess can last a long time. Last question. Is anybody in here, have you ever faced a season that you felt like, man, I just, I can't take it anymore. I mean a hard place in your life. Can you look back, no matter how old you are, at a real hard place in your life? Because let me just tell you, what some people look at you and count as nothing, and it was a hard place for you, they don't know what you were thinking. But as I close, I just want you to remember this one little statement that you've heard a million times. No matter what state you were in or how it happened to you, listen to this. God says, it didn't happen to you. It was happening for you. Don't keep keep messing with me about how, 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 how. How did you see it? How did you get that? How did you? Don't worry about how, 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 how. Just think about who, 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 who. God says, this man was a miracle waiting to happen. He said, now why was he born like this? he was a young guy. They seen him sitting there begging like the older people who went blind somewhere in their life. He was born in the situation. Young and already like this. So why? why? Did his parents sin or did he sin? No. It wasn't because of either one of them sin. It was for waiting for the work of God to be displayed. He was a part of my mission. Don't worry about what happened to you. 
Just know that it's been working for you. Y'all understand what I'm saying? See, <laughs> sometimes the most unfortunate things can happen to you. And they hurt. Put you on the sideline for a whole season. But God said it didn't happen to you. It happened for you, baby. Because I got something I'm going to do. I got some other things I'm going to employ in your life. I'm stirring up other stuff. Matter of fact, I'm moving from that part to this part. I'm going to get right there. That's where I want. Because, see, he knows the whole story. Look, he's saying when you start the game, I already know the end of the game. Because I'm God. It can start out one way, and it'll look like they're just right at the door of death. And you'll be wondering, how in the world did they make it out of that fire? It was the glory. It was to the glory of God because we think if we're in the will of God that it ought to always be easy, that it ought to always be comfortable. When you're in the will of God, it's not going to always be easy. It's not going to always be comfortable. It's not going to always make people around you like you or feel good. As a matter of fact, it's going to separate the sheep from the goat. You're going to discover some wolves. In sheep clothing, when God, when you listen to God and do what God told you, they're going to have to reveal themselves. Because there is a separation. There's a separation. It's a separation that takes place every single time. You're wondering why some people don't come? Because COVID was a sever. They would, but they can't because there's a separation. But it wasn't happening just to you. COVID wasn't. It was happening for you. How many times just because you ran to the mailbox and pulled out a check from the government with your name on it and it wasn't because of a lottery ticket Huh? COVID happened to some people, but it happened for a lot of folk. Now, I ain't talking about y'all who stole the folk money and bought land, cars, airplanes, and all kinds of stuff. No, when you needed it. See, y'all think it's funny. I'm telling you what Jesus loved right now. What's that? That's the truth. When they said they're going to shut down businesses like mine, and they didn't even really tell us for how long. I started chewing with nothing even in my mouth. You just get hungry. Look, it's, you don't want to turn the lights on so bad until the man turn the lights off. You don't, you don't even go to the faucet ever until they, you know your water's turned off. I used to see the, the, the water truck driving through the neighborhood. I'd turn around and go, go I got to beat him to the house. I'm going to talk to him or something. <laughs> you ain't cutting my water off, man. Think about it. See, y'all laughing. I'm just being straight up real with you. There's a time when those kind of things happen. And he was like, how? No. Who? Got water, got lights, and grateful. See, some of our kids think that's crazy because they ain't never had to walk around with no water in the house. They ain't never lived in the house with no bathroom in it. They don't know what that is. Ew, what did y'all do? The same thing you're doing now. 
Circumstance was called you to live in some places you never thought that you could live through. Listen, and it didn't happen to us, baby. It happened for us. And let me just tell you, before it's all over, we're going to need some skills from Sister Annie. I've been trying to tell her, take some of these young girls that ain't interested, take them in there, show them how to can. That's right. They're going to need to know how to do that. We need to know how to fix a ham and hang it up and, and cure it out and whatever it is. We need that. We letting wisdom just slide away from us. Think of this old-fashioned. We got a robot that'll go in the kitchen and do our butter beans and pintos. And our, our fingers used to be sore. But anybody ever just, what, they peel them peas and all that stuff? Fingers are sore. Taking them out in the holes, y'all know what I'm talking about. Am I in the right place? Whatever we did, we shelled them, peeled them, whatever. Fix it. Fingers just raw and sore. Pick beans. Fill up baskets for 25 and 50 cent a basket. Cucumbers, duck potatoes, blueberry buses. That's right, but I made it. To be your pastor. <laughs> it didn't happen to me. It happened for you. <laughs> so I could appreciate being in a small place and still give God glory. Even when a small place, when you get a small amount of a small place that come to support, God will make a way out of no way. And no, no, nobody a dime. That's God. Amen. Let's stand on our feet. Because we could talk about this one all day. Somebody just shout, God did it. All that stuff that I couldn't pay my way out of, God did it times you were locked up nobody didn't have no kind of bail bond nothing for you God got you out of it when doctors didn't know what medicine to give you God did it when they couldn't even really figure it out and made mistakes God kept that's the work of God that's God people shooting at you and missing that's God he doesn't owe us anything not even an explanation as to why our lives were the way they were, but because of his grace, he told them exactly the reason why this man was born blind. He told them. And he told the man how to get out of it and why. And when he got out of it, there was a separation. He got put out of the synagogue because of what God did in his life. When God finishes with you, there's some people that really want to be close to you that won't be able to be close to you because they're not going to be able to stand what it is that God has done for you. They're going to be wondering, who do you think you are? And how did this happen to you? Don't you worry about who I am. God did it. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? Please. Let's get past all of these mindsets that only hinder. And it's, let's get out of this routine of just fasting and praying in January. And we, we don't even hardly pray no more of the year. We just prayed then. That was it. Let's rejoice at the word of God. And listen. Plant that word seed in the minds and hearts of your children.
because God will bring forth every word planted in their hearts. How do you do it? You got to speak that word over their lives. Pray over them. Speak it into their lives. Do it. You're planting. Somebody come behind you in water. But God will bring increase for every word that's planted in their hearts. God did it. When you look at it, don't go back and say, well, you know, I did so-and-so and I did this. And if it wasn't for me, this and this. No, just give God the glory. God did it. Amen? Amen. Can I just pray with you? Father, we honor you, we praise you, and we thank you for your word. We thank you for the direction of our hearts according to your word. We thank you for the cleansing power, the refreshing, the renewing power of your word. We thank you for the power of your word to keep us in perfect peace. Thank you, O oh God, for sustaining us even in this hour. Thank you, Father, that we're walking in victory and know it. Thank you for the soundness of mind, the purity of hearts. Thank you for the covenant, the commitment, the relationship with you. Thank you for a work that you're doing in our lives, a work that you're faithful to perform, to finish, and to perfect. I thank you for the calling, the anointing. I thank you, O oh God, that you have not given us minds of fools, but you've given us wisdom. You've made us wise according to your word. Father, I thank you for opening our eyes and enlightening our understanding that we will walk favorably in your sight, that we will walk pleasing in your sight by faith. Thank you, O oh God, for being pleased with our walk of faith. We honor you and we thank you, not because of we can explain how, but we'll just worship because of the who. Thank you, Father, for you are the Lord God Almighty. Nothing is impossible to you. You are able to give us life. Keep us, Lord. Shield and protect us as we serve you humbly. Live through us. Glorify your name in the earth through us. We'll be faithful to your word. We'll, we'll live according to your command. Father God, we will stand and boldly proclaim your truths in the face of those who resist the work that you've done in our hearts. Who deny that you even exist, but Lord, you're real in our hearts. Thank you for being real in my soul. Thank you for opening up blinded eyes. Thank you for the light of day, oh God. Thank you for the anointing, the, the assignment that's on my life to proclaim this gospel to your glory. Bless every soul in this place. Bless Sonia. Bless Larry. Bless Cora. Bless Deacon Woodruff. Lord, bless them as only you see that they stand in need of a blessing. I thank you for healing and deliverance. Bless Brother Coleman. Continue to strengthen him, Lord, and restore him in the name of Jesus and even those around them Lord let it flow like the sun radiates Father let everything around them be affected by what you're doing in them we thank you God for victory thank you for this assignment thank you for this wonder thank you for miracles thank you that you're moving thank you for the minds of our young people continue to strengthen them Lord equip them with your spirit Lord calls them up to be hungry and thirsty after your word thank you for creative minds and hearts glorify your name as only you can now we know God it didn't just happen to us it was happening for us and we give you the glory and the honor 
and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Just shout one more time. God did it. God did it.